Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Alrighty. It is Masters time, and we are here again with Known Fraud Sports Pod, here to entertain your ear holes. It's going to be an exciting episode with so much going on in the world. Uh, but first of all, tomorrow is uh, tee-off time for the Masters, and I know Michael Greeley is going to be very excited about that. Mike, how are you doing tonight? We're doing well. It's a uh, November tradition like any other. You know, I, I remember curling around a week of Thanksgiving with my uh with my dad getting ready to watch the masters, um, you know, just a, just a classic fall tradition, right? Being just able to turn wait. the Patriots game on after the Sunday tea times. Yep. After this. Yeah. Starts early on Sunday. They got to start early because you know, the sun goes down. So, so early now um, for this November, the November masters. Um, yeah. You know, I, I did see one, one stat I wanted to bring out and I have not fact checked this, but uh Jack Nicholas won his sixth Masters in 1986, 23 years after his ranked 33 in the world going into that week. Um, Tiger is seeking his uh, sixth Masters this year. It's 23 years after his first, and he is ranked 33rd going into this week. You heard it here. Just saw that. You heard ah, it here. So good parallels. Yeah, but but uh, DeChambeau apparently is using Zdeno Chara's driver uh, for this D- event. DeChambeau can't putt. So until he learns to putt, you can't win the Masters. Right. Uh, I've I've seen that movie, and I think Happy Gilmore figures it out at the end, and somehow wins a <laughs> Well, that's it. If he, if he does, if he actually uses the Zidane Chara's putter, um, <laughs> and you know, then maybe maybe he figures and it gets out. hit by a car. Yeah, <laughs> that was the you important putt, you, part. You get yeah. hit by the car. Yeah, if you can't putt, you can't win the Masters. Yeah. Jackass. <laughs> well, it's, it'll be fun when uh, I think on Sundays it's usually. They're usually wrapping up about seven o'clock at night or something. And uh, this should have to be done by three thirty if they want to get it in before dark. So Yeah, I think the first tea times tomorrow are like seven thirty AM because the smaller field at the Masters, it normally starts at like nine. Like when they're trying to cram hundred and sixty people through on a US open, they gotta start like first light. But the Masters always has like a, a nice leisurely nine AM first tea time. But they're really getting people out early tomorrow. Um, you know, seven thirty. Do right a shotgun that. scramble or something. You <laughs> know, <just> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a shamble. <laughs> Terry, what's uh, what's seven thirty like down in the south? Because I know you're a little bit further west than we are. Is it is it light yet at seven thirty? Oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Uh, sun goes down later. I mean, obviously comes up later, but uh, yeah, by seven thirty, it's 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 bright enough. Yeah, if you go. Sh- like if you draw a line straight up north, I think I'm even with like Cleveland or something. So it's uh really really does tail off, yeah. Way west of you guys. But does stay so, every time I watch a football game and it's like it's dark at four thirty, I'm like, Holy Jesus. So glad I don't live there anymore. Uh just so for uh, for our listener, that is Terry Hayden down in Florida who is uh who has battened down the hatches and is riding through another uh 
November storm? Yeah, a um, little, little weird. We don't normally get uh, November tropical storms, but um, we don't get November masters either. So, uh, hey, you know, it's a f- first for everything. Um, yeah, to, uh, to bring in your, uh, your, your, your Christmas inflatables because of a tropical storm. It's uh, just the <laughs> Florida lifestyle. What can I say? No, that's the punishment for putting out your Christmas inflatables before Thanksgiving. It's COVID. And um, more just talking in generalizations. Uh, I, I, I have mine. They're purchased. They're just not outside yet. I'm going to get uh, some good Christmas inflatables. I don't have any. It, it's still uh, weird to do Christmas with, with palm trees. I got to think. Uh, yeah, but after you a just, while. Uh, you do. You, I mean, you just don't have much choice in the matter. I mean, it's. Not gonna cancel Christmas over it. Uh, just, uh, just enjoy. I mean, a lot of the Northerners they do the you know, Santa Claus in a swimsuit and stuff, and they decorate palm trees. Um, Southerners don't even think about it. They, they think winter in December. It's like, oh, it's in the fifties. I can't wait for it to get cold, and uh, just laugh at them. It's, uh, it's, it's sad. But no, you don't really get that uh, winter wonderland feeling, um, which I'm fine with. I haven't picked up a shovel in what twelve years. I've been here. So man, it's nice. Well, we had we had six inches of snow last week, and it was seventy two degrees today. So who knows? Oh, yeah. World's not ending at all. No, okay. no. This is this is normal yeah. activity. And finally, joining us is John Larry. How are you? I'm doing okay. Checking in from as Mike just said, balmy, a little, little humid, uh, Melrose, Massachusetts. Um, yeah, not to be a total bummer, but this was a. Um, this is a tough week if you're a sports fan, particularly if you're a Boston Celtics fan with the passing of um, the legendary Tommy Heinsohn. Um, you know, even for, for our generation, you know, he's, he's even, you know, obviously before our time, but he, you know, he is just the epitome of the Boston Celtics. And, you know, I know we, we were going to kind of talk about this a little bit later, but yeah, I mean, eight titles as a player, two as a coach. He's a triple Hall of Famer. He's in the Hall of Fame for playing. He's in the Hall of Fame for coaching. And he is in the Hall of Fame for broadcasting. Um, Lots of, I mean, again, like he is the face and the voice of the Celtics. Uh, You know, he was the TV version of Johnny Most. Um, Really just kind of a bummer. I mean, he's in his mid 80s, you know, so it's not like it's tragic um, or anything. It's just one of those kind of downer things that really just kind of adding on to a kind of a tough year, but um, who's going to hate the referees now at Celtics games? You're not going to get Scal. Well, maybe you'll get Scal. I, I don't know. Maybe Gorman can give him some edibles and get him going or something. But, you know, that's what um, kind of hearing that voice in the 80s up until now, he broadcast broadcast um, just about, I think it was almost exactly 40 years with Gorman when they made their debut over on, I think it was Prism, the Spectrum, Spectrum TV before then it became the sports channel up here. Sports when, channel when we were younger, which aired Celtics games and Hartford Whaler games because, um, you know, the Jacobs own Nesson and <laughs> it wasn't free. Um, but yeah, just kind of a, just an overall, you know, bummer. It's just, you know, a huge legend, you know, decades with the Celtics and never went anywhere. And, you know, he's kind of phased out of, um, out of the broadcast a little bit here or there, but even up until this year, he would go in and do some halftime, stuff when the Celtics were on the road and Scal would travel. Um, 
with Gorman. So yeah, just kind of a overall, just kind of a, a bummer. It always stinks when you lose that legendary voice of, you know, one of the local teams. And for me, you know, obviously one of my, um, my favorite team here in, in, in town. So um, tough stuff overall, but uh, yeah, Tommy Heinsohn was the man. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. It, it, there was something lovable about his, uh, about his homerism. Like, you know, we, we, everyone, anyone who listens to this pod knows we're no Jack Edwards fans yet. Jack yeah. Edwards seems to get shit for the same stuff that Tommy Heinsohn is beloved for. And I, I don't know why. Yeah. It's, it's one of those yeah. things like he has more charisma somehow. So you, you just love him for it and you can't explain why, but like he's was an unabashed Homer during the broadcasts, like di- just riding referees, calling mm-hmm. fouls, calling actually pretty well and deserved fouls to be nonsense. Like, yeah. like no Celtic has ever committed a charge in, in ever, in, ever that Tommy Heinsohn <laughs> has, has witnessed. And you know, are you kidding yeah. me? Oh, you gotta be kidding me. And then, yeah. and like Jack Edwards does the same type of nonsense and, and it seems forced and fake. Like, that's the thing. Like, you know, yeah. it's just, it's just genuine with, uh, with Heinsohn. Yeah. He's, he's like, that's who he is and he's just not going to change. So yeah, that you'll, you'll miss that, that brand of Homerism. I don't know. I, like, I, I think younger guys can't pull it off as well. Maybe, maybe when someone gets, Maybe once you need someone to just get older and age with the team to to be able to pull it off naturally, but but yeah, I'll, I'll miss it. It's just well, like it's, it's kind of like our local, uh, I don't know, John Wayne. Like he was ripping butts <clears throat> during halftime of his games, and he won eight championships. And uh, that says something about like American athletes in general sixty years ago. But like he's in smoking non filters and 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 pulling it off, and just kind of he was a cranky old guy like in his thirties, and he just kept at it until until his mid 80s you know it yeah. wasn't a shtick for him and i feel like with edwards it's a shtick you know because if edwards goes to call blue jackets games next year he's going to do the same thing whereas heinson when he was national maybe there wasn't that that kind of homerism but when he came home boy did he come home and um really just kind of yeah you gotta earn that homerism i i feel i don't i don't know the most stunning thing to me is that he wasn't from boston or he wasn't from worcester yeah. that he's from new jersey Jersey, but, I mean, yeah. somehow he got a Boston accent over the years of working up here all the time. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. It, he sounds just like any guy you would see in a Dorchester bar with that raspy Paul Mall whiskey soaked voice and yelling at the TV. And I think that's what it was. Yeah, and he's got like that huge Irish head. Like, yeah, like that, yeah. that. Like you only see that like that buzz cut white guy head in like a Dorchester bar. That's just where it comes out of. It's like perfectly rectangular head that goes down into his shoulders. And he just, he just looks like, like there, there are thousands of those guys. Not many yeah. of them in the NBA anymore, though, surprisingly. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> that, that body type seems did, did not quite follow in the trends. For, no, uh, like Tommy Heinsohn is approximately the shape of the lane, the size and the shape of, of the, you know, of the lane. You know, he's just, he's just that size and perfectly, perfectly rectangular. It's also weird to think about the fact that when, at least when I was growing up, and I'm a little bit older, but I knew Tommy first from Miller Lite commercials on TV. You know, those Miller Lite commercials set in bars and it was like five other mm-hmm. athletes. He was the national face of Miller Lite for a bunch of years. And then you turned on the Saturday or the Sunday afternoon game of the week 
and he's the guy doing color. Oh, and by the way, he happened to be a Celtic and a coach, and uh, he would do the Friday night games with Koozie. And I mean, it was just incredible to think of. Like, he was the national voice of the NBA for so many years. Yeah, I mean, our perspective really is just him as a broadcaster. I mean, each one of us, you know, close to 40 and, and above, I mean, he just, yeah, like he was my grandfather's favorite player. And that's, I know that sounds weird, but like, you know, he was, that was like, as a, as a player, we wouldn't have, you know, any perspective. And I'm trying to think it, it, it would, it, it would be like our key, it would be like little Ricky knowing Reggie Miller as the broadcaster, you know, like, and how, like, you're like, Oh, that's, that's nuts. He played when we were in high school, middle school. So yeah, no. And that, I guess, I don't know if that's, I think that speaks to the legend and that speaks to just how good he was at everything that he did and how he just became the face of the team, especially I think when Red Auerbach died, um, yeah. Russell was never the face of the team. Russell, Russell defines the the legacy of the Celtics, defines the winning tradition and, and all of that because, you know, he won all those championships all those years ago. And, you know, you think of Red, Red was the face of the team. And then next, I think it was Heinsohn, you know, I think representing that, like that player, that coach kind of face of it. And, um, you know, kind of one of the last few throwbacks to like the golden era of the Celtics. Yeah. Bird went home. Mikhail went home. Yeah. Uh, apparently they don't want Parrish around, but uh, you know, Paul Pierce has kind of jumped straight to, to uh, the national scene. Uh, Kevin Garnett's going back to Minnesota, apparently becoming part owner of the team. I mean, you know, a lot of those guys, they didn't stick around and Tommy stuck around all those yeah. years. The, the NBA is just so different. I don't think you're not going to have, I don't think there's going to be the only one I could even remotely think of would be Pierce um, who would be ready. And like, yeah, he's doing the national stuff, but who knows what happens in 10 years. Maybe he comes back, but um, for that team and for like anybody else, I mean, who's the next one in line, maybe Scal, but he, it's, it's not like he has even close to the player resume. Um, yeah. Obviously that, that Heinz did it. Not many, you know, modern day era players are, yes, yeah, Scal has a ring and it was with the Celtics, but you know, that's, he played, I think 45 seconds in the entire 08 run. So. Yeah. I think it's more, I think it's, it's most pronounced in basketball, but it's certainly just a, it's just how sports work nowadays. Guys are just hired guns. Yeah. They're not. And I, that's neither a good nor a bad thing. I, I don't think, you know, the, these guys deserve to make the money that they do. Um, totally but that's just the way it works. Like, you know, it's pretty rare for a guy to spend his whole career in one town. Uh, you know, a better analogy anchor. might be imagine, imagine if Marcus smart plays the next five years of his career with the Celtics and then becomes a broadcaster for the next 40 years. And that's what he is. He's a lifelong Celtic. And you know, that's yeah. what people know him as. He's the that's... closest one. I think of your players who are on the team now, um, you know, in past would be Pearson. Really, I can't think of anybody from those pre-Pierce days when you know, from the '80s all through the '90s when they when the team just sucked. Kinda, it, I think I brought it up earlier, and I, we never quite got an answer. But Cedric Maxwell's been around. He's got a couple championships, and he's yeah. he's on he's on what radio is he on TV? Uh, I don't know what, ra- radio, radio, but I know he's still involved radio. with the team. Um, you know, kind of carry the torch for the old ones. I don't know how involved he is with the players because that was one of the things about Heinsohn. He genuinely loved everyone who played for the Celtics. Right. Like a big fraternity. Yeah. We're on that team. It didn't matter. He loved you, you yeah. know. 
uh, you know, for better or yeah. worse. Times it was worse, you know, but, um, you know, yeah, you were his guy once, once you put on that green. Yeah. I don't know Cedric Maxwell. I, he's probably the closest. Now that you say that Terry, I think that's probably most accurate as that kind of tie back to the, you know, the last kind of that glory era of the, of the eighties, but yeah, Heinsohn with, you know, Tommy points and, you know, I love Walter and, you know, Colin Isaiah Thomas, the little guy and, and love him that way. And, you know, he, I think he made a comparison. I think it was Greg Steensman. and he compared him to Russell, but only in terms of like a very, very specific, like rebounding. And that that's the only time I can think of when I was like, I, I'm not sure he should be on the next broadcast. We gotta, we gotta pull that back. <laughs> hey, that that man hyped me up to enjoy watching Dino Raja play. All right, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> any, anybody who could sell you on Dino Raja, man, that's a the only reason you tune in for the Vitali Potapenko years. Ooh, good call. <laughs> that nice one. Yeah. So it, it raises a good question, and, and feel free to anyone to jump in on this. Who is the Tommy Heinsohn or the next Tommy Heinsohn for any of the Boston sports teams, because there's a real fine line here where Tommy wasn't the greatest Celtics of all time. You know, that that's Russell, that's bird, but he has this other distinction, you know? So for the Red Sox, we had Johnny Pesky for all those years. Who's going to fill that Johnny Pesky role. Who's filling that Tommy Heinsohn role. Yeah. Uh, I would say, I mean, the one name that comes to mind for me is Pedro. Um, yeah, Pedro Martinez, because oh, he's spending some time around the team. He's he's got the pedigree. He's got the resume. Yeah. Um, you know, he's got kind of the he's got that goofball mentality. People still remember, you know, duct taping him to the pole and all that stuff. So that yeah. would be, you know, for any of the teams that that, I would that took that that was absolutely mine. Yeah, Terry Terry yeah. was on on Wakefield as and if we were I, all gonna. I, I still am. I mean, uh, he's, he's in the broadcast. He's local. Um, He's yep. going to show up to every spring training yep. until they tell him not to come anymore. Um, uh, Uncle Wake, I mean, it's like yeah, Wake on play yep. every yeah. God, we suck and pitch so often. Uh, where well, you know where Pedro has well, kind of you know he he he's got more of a national thing. And I don't know if he is Pedro living in Boston. Does he call that home? I, I, I think, think so. so. I think he's, he's I think he's got like a paid like advisor role with the team or something. Yeah, I yeah. See- no, he's he's like I, in spring training. I know he's like he's he's like the little pitching Yoda walking around. Like he's not an official yeah. coach, but like mm. he'll pull a guy aside that's been like toiling in the minors for two years and be like, "Oh yeah, you got to fix your release point," and then walk away. And then all of a sudden, the guy's mowing down twelve people. Uh, you know. <laughs> He, he he's he is he's, he's he's not like an official coach but they just hire him to like yeah, sit around and watch unfortunately and, it also like he also called like luis severino because uh, notice and turned him into like a juggernaut it's like hey oh, man leave no, that hey, whoa, but yeah. he just he's just like loves pitching and he'll like tell anyone who, who just like hey man you should do this like hey you, hey you should just go f- grow freakishly long fingers <laughs> that's what you should do yeah yeah, yeah. i i could i could see that because i i think I think a guy like uh, David Ortiz will be more like the Bobby Orr. You just show up for your monster ovation and then leave, uh, you yeah. know, go back to the Dominican, run, you know, yeah. run your baseball, watch your kid play. You know, I, I don't see him sticking around long enough, but, you know, Pedro and definitely Wakefield for. Uh, uh, for Wake's, Wake, Wake's for, a good one. Yeah. For, for, yeah. for, for mine. Um, uh, I, it's funny, guys. So I was thinking of the current roster. I was trying to think of a guy, and I, I wonder if Pedroia is ever going to leave. 
I don't even know if he'll ever actually retire. He's just going to be rehabbing his knee when he's 63 uh, on the 60-day DL. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. But, I mean, he's even the size of Johnny Pesky. Uh, so it's yeah. like everything about it, like, he, he's perfect for it. If he wants the role, it's his. But uh, I don't know what his post-career uh, part, plans are. Part of the Johnny has... Pesky thing was that Pesky lived around here, is that he moved here, he settled here, and he yeah. was always around here. And Pedroia lives in Arizona. Yeah, yeah. I I think Pedroia has kind of like a detestable personality for that. He's like a big time Napoleon complex type guy. Like I don't think he's going to be a fun dude to have around when he can. He's, he's going to be on he's TV not... though. Yeah, Pedroia's not I don't lovable. Know. Yeah, I think he'll be on uh, TV. Uh, I don't know. See, I don't know. Pedroia's not lovable. He's our guy. Yeah. He's that dirt. He's the dirt dog. He's the you know he'll play hurt like in his prime. Like he's that. He's the guy you wanted and he won the MVP all that stuff. Like he was our guy and you're like, I don't want another second baseman. That's my guy. Yeah. But like when he leaves, like there's no, I don't get the warm and fuzzies. I like, I, I, I agree with Mike. I think he's kind of a, I don't know if he's a dick, but he certainly comes across as one sometimes. Yeah, like, that's that was the yeah. same. Like when you guys brought up Marcus Smart for the Celtics, I'm like, I'm not sure about that. He seems like he's just a loose cannon asshole. Like off, I don't know. Like maybe maybe I'm wrong, but he he seems like the same type. He's just like maximum effort all the time. Like hanging out with Marcus Smart or or Dustin Pedroia to me would seem like a chore. Like you just everything would be like a like a dick measuring contest, right? Like yeah. you just feel like just calm oh. down, man. I don't want to like no, I Round. don't want to gamble on on the second inning of the Padres game. Like it Round just shots at three thirty in the morning when everyone's already done. Yeah, <laughs> like dude, I gotta go to bed. I gotta get up in in three hours. Like just calm down. Like what are you a pussy? Like uh, calm down, Dustin. Like just walk away, man. How yeah. dare you about Marcus Smart? How dare you, sir? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I I don't know him personally, John. Okay. <laughs> no, me neither. But uh, yeah, no, I. <laughs> yeah, but no, with Pedroia. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's the. I think once he's retired, I don't think you'll ever see him again, except for like the 20 year anniversary of the 04 yeah. team, maybe. And then I think that's that's it. Well, what about Eck? I mean. X, yeah. X, not go, X not going anywhere. No. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. People do. Yeah, he's kind of where you are now. Like, the, yeah. he's the guy yeah. now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I can like, see him aging into that role, the beloved old yeah. quirky yeah. guy. You know, yeah. uh, like, Billy yeah. could have had it. He outlasted you know. Price, so. yeah. yeah, and it was Remy for a while, but then, like, yeah. Remy, the whole fiasco with his son and everything, like, ruins. Yeah. You're just kind of like, sorry, man, can't be you. Yeah, well, yeah. Remy also does his job and leaves. Uh, he, I don't yeah. even know if Remy likes baseball anymore. Uh, it's <laughs> like he yeah. comes in, calls the game, and out of here. I mean, he does. Uh, he does not waste time around the around the clubhouse. It seems. Yeah, was no, it, there was, it, it was like didn't they didn't Phil Rizzuto used to have a like he could leave in the seventh? Oh, inning. in the seventh. Was like well, I mean, traffic out of the Bronx career. was just miserable. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Would, I mean, now I suppose now I suppose Remy could call it on the phone leave like he could just like just do a zoom call car. yeah, yeah. Oh, like yeah. just take yeah. an uber and do it in the yeah. back seat of the car oh uh, he's smart that's he should parlay that into like a jordan's furniture sponsorship where like they just they just deck out like his basement and he's just calling games oh, yeah. from from the jordan's furniture lounge and wherever whatever town oh, he yeah. lives in. that actually that is that is, i'm surprised there hasn't been like yeah. a covid uh a covid related because all the lot tons of these guys are calling games from home now Oh yeah, yeah. Doc Emmerich had this horrible home office that 
clearly it was the only room his wife gave him. Uh, and I mean, this guy's been calling hot national games for a hundred years. And uh, honestly, all of your backgrounds look nicer yeah. uh, than, than the room he's, he was out. He's of. also in his saw basement. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, it's pretty sad for him, for him to call his last game before he retires from like a home office. You know, I, I really think any any broadcaster retired this year should come back and do one more game in front of a uh, front of a sold out crowd. But uh, but just for a second now, I, have to, I want to get to the Bruins and uh, their their old guy, because they had a great one. They had Milt Schmidt for uh, for the better part. I mean, God, uh, Milt Schmidt, Milt Schmidt was a rookie in 1936 and was with the Bruins ever since. And he died in 2017 at 98. That man carried the mantle, Jesus. and every player loved him. I mean, uh, Bergeron yeah. spoke glowingly of him, um, and it was just this, this just, just great love affair of Milt Schmidt in Boston. I mean, it, it's just so worked so well. Now, um, yeah, I was at like the a, game. Uh, just a, yeah. an aside, I was at the game, uh, the, the first Bruins home game after Milt Schmidt died, and mm. my, you know, season ticket holders friends i our entire reaction was mil schmidt was still alive like it was just <laughs> yeah. like holy shit like yeah i died he, at 98 yeah he was always around the team though it's like we but yeah boy did every player look uh now there's kind of a waiting in the wings already with him they uh we, we johnny busick is still with us um which is great That's busick it, was gonna, it's be, gonna uh, ask yeah. it, it, it's it's kind of like uh it's kind of like bergeron not being the captain because char has been around so long it's like we got a guy who's just as tied to the team but uh, so so there's really not much of a question. And and after that, God, there is no shortage of just local Boston guys who are never going to leave. Chris Wagner probably will just end up at Boston alumni games until, you know, until he drops yeah. dead. You know, so uh, much. much yeah, I mean, Hal that. Gill is like the coach at like Matinon or something now. <laughs> like this, like these these guys are everywhere. Former yeah, they, players. They, they don't leave. Yeah, they're coach like half the Catholic schools in Boston are coached by ex Bruins. So yeah. th- this is like, yeah, it, it's going to come out of the weeds. It's going to be someone like completely out of the blue who takes it over. You're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. Guys, guy who played, it's like, wait, he played here for like four seasons, was a third line guy, healthy scratch half the time, and is now just beloved. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Just, Bruin. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking it becomes one of the like fight guys, like one of the fight guys, like a PJ Stock or something has like, oh, the, yeah. yeah. That's Stock, probably. Stock does, he does TV in Canada, so we'd have to yeah. we'd have to pry him away. But I know that's true because he's a Canadian. I know, but it would be like a type like that who was a little yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Adam McQuaid wouldn't like. You'd, oh my god, back, McQuaid! Like, yeah, McQuaid comes back here. Uh, uh, he gets the guy three years ago. Bump kid. Oh. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous. Who was the guy that was the the, the fighter two or three years ago? And um, he, he did a, he did that toucher and rich hits and everything. Thornton? No. Yeah, Sean Thornton. Oh, Sean Thornton. Yeah, oh, yeah Thor- another Thornton. perfect guy yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah. I think he, he still he, has his charities out of here. Yeah. He's, I was yeah. gonna say, I think his charities are up here because um, he lived in Charlestown when he was here. Yeah. Um, he's one of those guys who were like, "Oh, is he from Charlestown?" And he's not. Like, yeah, he's, he's Canadian yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But like, you could convince yeah. yourself that he that he's from Charlestown. Um, yeah, there, I mean, his, his name's his name's Sean for Christ's sake. I mean, <laughs> yeah, perfect with a W. Yeah. And well, well, he happens to look like every extra from like, you know, every, any Ben Affleck movie too. like, a, like, Oh, tough guy. Number three. Is that Sean Thornton? Look like him. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. The Bruins, I wonder like, is it someone even unexpected? Like Andrew Raycroft is like slowly becoming kind of lovable. Like he was, 
he's been I know he's been kind of just you know in in between periods that type of stuff but like he was poking fun at the fact that like he was traded for Tuca like he was yeah. embracing like that little bit like on Twitter like his so his like, Twitter game is really strong yeah which very will, self which will help him going forward you know yeah. he's a, he's incredibly self aware of like you know like that he was traded basically for like a kind of a growing legend like so you know I don't you like you wonder like could could someone like him like sneaky become like that lovable line long time like tied to the Bruins guy. I don't know. Yeah, no, that would be that would be a surprise pick, but yeah. certainly. Um I think I I think the as far as Patriots go, they'll all either be dead or have Alzheimer's by sixty, right? So, yeah, yeah. I didn't even want to so, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I was it's gotta be Koskowski or nobody. Right. Koskowski, no. yeah. The, I mean, the was, only one's gonna be Troy Brown. Him. So I was I was going to say Devin Devin McCourty would be the one who I would think, or the McCourty twins, but more likely Devin McCourty because you could I could see him hanging around, maybe not doing broadcasting, but like spring whatever whatever the football version of spring training is. Not to you know, um, yeah, but like you could see him like hanging around, maybe not getting like a coaching gig with Belichick, but like showing up sometimes, and like his charities run out of here. I mean, he got his twin brother a job and a ring up here, you know. Yeah, so like, I mean, he, like he's the only one I could see working for like the Kraft Foundation. You know? It was looking for like, it was looking like Brewski for a while there, but he's kind of gone national. Yeah. You know, he was you know uh, Vince Will, Vince Wilfork. Vince Wilfork, I would love to see be the guy. I love yeah. that. Um, yeah, he oh, is so personable, yeah. but I don't I don't know. Like he seems to love being in Texas. To you know, when he moved out, I think he still lives in the Houston area now. Um, no, I, yeah, so, I assumed yeah, it was going to be Troy Brown but he's back coaching right now. But I mean, it's otherwise it's Troy Brown. He shows up everywhere and everyone knows who he is. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was doing some radio and TV and stuff and was, was pretty good too. Yeah. Um, Ted Johnson, but I think he's going to be more kind of media. Like he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's angry. He's going to, he's going to be the guy who pisses off all the players by saying back in my day, he's not going to okay. endear himself to, uh, to those guys. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he like a burgeoning Aubrey Huff? Like, like I think Ted Johnson. I think oh, he's a, cra- I I think he's a little crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm he, he blames it on the uh, on the head injuries, right? But like, oh, he's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I believe him. Yeah, go get the help guy. you need, but like, I don't want to hear yeah. about it. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I hope he's not. It's very callous, Aubrey, but <laughs> Aubrey Huff is just a screaming racist piece of shit. I don't. Yeah. I hope Ted. John- I don't know. Yeah, Aubrey Huff is a somehow worse version of Kurt Schilling. Yeah. Wow, yeah, that, that, that's perfect. Yeah, yeah Kurt, Oh, yeah, Kurt let's Schilling do the anti list. All right, who, who's not yeah. welcome back? Kurt Schilling. Schilling. Yeah. Yeah. Schilling, Clemens. Uh, Marty uh, McSorley. Clemens is coming back a little bit. Yeah, they every, every every five years, they seem a little bit softer on Clemens. Uh, Clemens and know. Boggs, yeah. Both of them were like, yeah, bo- everyone's kind of like, eh, Boggs, yeah, for sure, I guess. Yeah, you know, uh, they'll never shut the door on Clemens. If they haven't given out 21, if they didn't give it to Josh Beckett, they're yeah. going to retire 21 at some point when the when the dust settles. Listen, yeah. Boggs on the horse, that's what did it. Never want to see that, that man was, again, you know. Yep. But yeah. That's, you know, Clemens coming back with the Susan Waldman game. And that's not his fault. It's Susan Waldman. Susan, but, yeah, yeah. That that was that's an atrocious Yankee Yankee moment as well. So I can't forgive him for that. I think it's just as bad as Boggs on the horse. Is there a is there a Patriot that wouldn't be welcome back or a Bruin that wouldn't be welcome back? Brady, fuck that guy. 
<laughs> he's working on it. He's really working on it. Um, it was like a Dalius Thomas left in bed, you know. Yeah, uh, wait, did, guy. Curtis Martin leave uh, the agency? Because, I mean, honestly, he was up until, like, when he was traded, he was yeah. probably the best offensive player the team had had. Oh, exactly. But yeah. uh, well, he, he, just, he left yeah, to go to the he, enemy Jets. And so, uh, he, you know, he, no he followed Parcells. So, I yeah. mean, he, he followed a legend who drafted him and they gave him what it was a huge contract at the time. It was like, I think it was 36 million. I thought he got a six for six deal, I, which is crazy for a running back back then. Most, most Patriots don't like overstay their welcome and sour. They get kicked out when, as soon as they start to decline, you know? Mm. So yeah. like, I mean, I, most of the guys we leave, most of the guys that have left over Belichick's tenure, you're like, it would have been nice to have him for one extra year, but it was time, you know, like, yeah. It, so it's like not on they. I, I feel like the player is more likely to be like f them. I'm not coming back. Then I was just going to say, base. yeah, yeah. Vrabel, Vrabel is the one that comes to mind because he doesn't even talk about his time here when they tried to make like when the last year when the Pats played the Titans were trying to hey you're playing for your ex coach he was like I think his answer was he fucking traded me and I think like that was that Which was I it. Respect him saying. Tra- yeah, yeah, we traded him in Castle for a second round pick, and I think Vrabel is like, yeah, fuck that guy. Don't. Yeah, but but if he showed back up, would be like, you're cool. Yeah. Well, if he re- well he, if he, Belichick he, retired and Vrabel took his spot, now he, then Vrabel would be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm back. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, sure. That's like that's like you know grandly personal. But. I don't know. What about like like is is has Vinatieri burned enough bridges or I, people? No, still, I mean he's, he's that kick, we, that one. Kick I think fine. they got. I mean, they just didn't want to pay that much for a kicker, and Gostowski was all good. I mean, yeah, they actually yeah. had a plan, not just "Hey, let's pick Nick Folk yeah. up off the mat." I mean, <laughs> hey, I think one yard. Hey, fifty. Yeah, AF, AFC special teams player of the week, Nick Folk. I think. Yeah, the the Jets like aura of suckitude pulled that ball through the upright. <laughs> it was not Nick Folk's it, leg. It was just yeah. like it was death. The sucking vortex coming yeah. out of the yeah. stadium. Exactly. Yeah, it no was not. How no matter how bad things are, the Jets are worse. If it was any other team, yeah, I would Nick, be like, Nick there's Folk, no way misses, he's making misses this. that kick 30 times. Well, yeah. Well, one other team. No. Yeah, exactly. Jets 30. is the only team it goes through on. <laughs> yeah, totally. But hey, you know, he's still got it done. Sure. Yeah. What's, what's amazing yeah. is all the people who wouldn't be welcome back, I think, play for the Red Sox. Like, yeah. So you said, like, Izzy Alcantara wouldn't be welcome back. Uh, Carl Everett wouldn't be welcome back. Kurt Schilling yeah. wouldn't be welcome back. Like yeah. you can rattle off a bunch of players right away, but like all the other, all the other teams, you have to think about. Yeah, Shea Hillenbrand. Shea Hillenbrand. The, the, the only one I could think of on the Bruins would be Dougie Hamilton, who kind of forced his way out. Everyone else, That's a good was one. Bruins yeah. own mismanagement of like, wait, one. we got rid of Sagan. Why? Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. Like Phil Phil uh, Kessel kind of shot yeah, his way out. Yeah, really, I mean, yeah, Phil Kessel. I think Phil Phil Kessel a couple years ago would have been, but now I'm like. I'm all good with Kessel now. Like, yeah. He got into that hot dog battle with the dude from Toronto. Oh, Simmons. Calling him a fatso. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was great. He, well, he stuffed yeah. the Stanley Cup full of hot dogs. Hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> the greatest troll move ever. Yeah. I've, Amazing. I've always like I've always liked Kessel because he's built exactly like me. Like, Oh, yeah. He's I, like, and I'm not built like a professional athlete. I'm a dumpy <laughs> shit. And yeah. that's why I like Bill Kessel, skate around and eat fucking on the Babe Ruth diet and scoring goals. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's on the he, score out of shape. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, he's on yeah. the he's on the Mount Rushmore of dad bodied athletes. Like, yeah, he has the same chin lines as all of us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. 
I would say, but no, like for the Bruins, I said the only one I could think of who absolutely you wouldn't want back would be McSorley. I can't really think of anybody else. Oh, I don't even consider him a Bruin. I mean, despite the fact that's what ended his career. I mean, he was just Gretzky's bodyguard who just floated around afterwards. I mean, uh, you know, he was with the Kings forever. And, but yeah. Uh, Yeah, actually, yeah, we should hate McSorley for more than just that because his illegal stick was what uh, won uh, Montreal its last Stanley Cup in 94. Uh, So. Yeah, screw that guy. Yeah, yeah. See, I knew that too. I didn't know that. Ah, uh, yeah. The lucky, <laughs> the luckiest playoff run ever with '94 uh, Montreal Canadiens. Are there any? Uh, are there, I'm trying to think if there's any guys who like immediately went to the Canadians after a Bruins stint that we would like. Claude Julian. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he won a Chris cup Ni- though. He's always welcome back. Chris Nyland cr- in reverse. I was going to say, Nyland did the reverse, right? He came here. Yeah. He, he yeah. lives there now, though. He lives in Montreal. Actually, the only person on the Bruins who I think who really wouldn't be welcome back is Jeremy Jacobs. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. Or his kids or any of his family who would have any type of functional, operational overseeing of that team. Yeah, I'm sure we're missing somebody, and our our our, our loyal loyal listeners will point it out to us. I think of one Patriot, but he's definitely not coming back anytime soon. Oh, if you have a Ouija board, and I'm pretty sure I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> like the Voldemort of uh, of the New England Patriots. <laughs> I know, guy still has his jersey. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a I, few. I might be able to see it in the. Yeah. Hey, it's is, is it it's in hey. that that closet behind you? Uh, it is not. No. <laughs> Listen, I have a good excuse for not being able to trade that thing back in. My wife went into labor on the Friday, and the Patriots only did a, a weekend stint of returning your jersey. When I can't believe they Friday, didn't extend that one. That is people. pretty ridiculous. I, I yeah, it, it was like a it was a strict forty eight hours. So well, what do I, I do could, with this now? I don't know. It's yeah. your problem. You, no, should, you really want me promoting your brand with this That's man's it. name on it? I think you should just show up in Foxborough in front of the pro <laughs> shop every day with it on until they just come out and give you whatever just, you want. Just knock and hold it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you just sit there yeah. and like you know drop like racial slurs or something. In, in that. I even tried to I tried to sell it on eBay, like, but I was like, oh, wow. you know. I, like I had a price, like I wasn't going to go too low. <laughs> and I, and oh. now I've just kind of, I've kind of forgotten about it. I wonder if there's yeah. a market for homicidal uh, jerseys. Oh, if, the, if you take a walk down 44 in Taunton, you'll get rid of it in 10 minutes. There's got to be like a, there's got to be like a trolling dirt ball, you know, like I, like I have a buddy who's a, who's a Panthers fan now. And I would send him a Carruth Jersey just a to like, him, yeah. you know, like just as like, a, like, Hey, here you go. Fucker. <laughs> It's like what you had to do with, with Bills fans when OJ murdered people. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so many NFL. It seems to be the only sport where this is just so rampant. Well, I mean, we, we, we mash their brains in every week, you know, 20 times yeah. a week, 20 times a year. So, and then we're astounded when they become maniacs. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's go around the table one more time. Any uh, closing thoughts for anybody? Uh, Terry, got anything closing you want to jump in on? No, I was uh, ill-prepared for this uh, last part of the segment, uh, so um, I do not have anything. So um, just kind of uh, make fun of everyone else's thing instead, which it's kind of on brand for me. Yeah, pretty much. Mike uh, or John, do you have anything I want to close out with? 
Fascinating. Uh, I like Dustin Johnson to get over the the hump this uh, this week. Mm, Masters. Interesting. My, oh, he's the one. Pick. Is he the one banging Gretzky's daughter? Are they married yet? Uh, I don't know if they're married, but yes, you are. Correct. Okay. They are, yeah, that, they that's are together. my he's, golf he's, knowledge right there. He's plus nine hundred. It's it's to me. It's him or uh, him or Justin Thomas. I like. Oh, what about Rom and that skipping hole in one? I mean, come on. I mean, Rom's like every tournament. Yeah. There's no like clear favorite in the Masters. Uh, DeChambeau's plus eight hundred, and then there's a couple of guys that are around plus a thousand. Rom's one of the like chase pack guys. Yeah, I don't think DeChambeau can putt. I don't think he gets it done. Um, But we'll see. Maybe he just drives every par five, and it doesn't matter. He can three putt birdie and and win. Who knows? Mm. I would fade you in pretty much every other sport but golf because I just don't know it well enough. So yeah, yeah, no, I, I I like DJ. DJ or, or DJ or JT, book it at, at plus a thousand. One of those is a good bet, as the friends call them. All right, so someone write this down so we can give them crap for That's it fine. next week or week after. I'll claim. I'll I'll, I'll claim it never happened. And uh, Mr. John Leary, you have a closing thought. Uh, yeah, get get prepared, guys. We got about three weeks until the NBA uh, opens up their training camp on December one with the Which NBA is crazy. season. Which is nuts. It's, you know, we talked about it before, but the fact that we aren't watching kind of a mediocre Bruins or Celtics game right now in early November, but um, yeah, NBA getting ready to kick back their season off December 23rd. Um, They needed a really big push. Christmas day is kind of their big, uh, you know, their, their big marquee day. So uh, the 23rd, the season is going to open. It's going to be a shortened 72 game season. And uh, I am looking forward to, seeing what goes on and if uh, Gordon Hayward is here or traded or what moves the Celtics can make. And um, Jason Tatum is my early MVP pick. Was there a draft last year? There's the draft is coming up. I don't even, okay. I don't even know off, off like offhand when it is. Um, free agency starts November 20th. So the draft I think is, it's got to be right before that. So maybe it's come up in a week or so. I don't know. I, I don't follow college basketball, so I honestly don't follow the draft. All that you know, the, there, there's some kid who was scheduled to be a first-round pick was put on 40 pounds over the summer because no one's been paying attention. Oh, yeah. Just, I mean, it's – yeah, or like Danny Ainge is going to draft somebody who, like, the only video you've seen of him is, like, working out in a CYO team, like, in a in an auditorium that has a basketball hoop in, like, yeah. like central Lithuania or something. So. <laughs> Interesting enough, but, uh, the, the, the NHL's return to play, they have no idea what they're doing yet. But one of the ideas, because um, because Canada is not going to let any Americans in, oh, all man. Canadian division. So all the Canada. Other, um, I'm pretty sure the country is very much looking forward to it. I'd <laughs> just, like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah just, just the thing is, the teams up there really aren't that good. That's <laughs> the problem. But right. it is very exciting for the uh, for the country. For uh, the 51st state, um, they're, they're like, going to get a lot of excitement out of that. And then like a 70 win Edmonton team comes down and just gets throttled. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> because they're just beating yeah. up on shit teams. Yeah. 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 It's the, the winner of basically Toronto and Edmonton versus whatever, wh- wh- whoever survives the COVID wars here in the States. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, they'll come out battle tested. They'll all have have come out with COVID and, and you know, beaten it. So they'll be they'll be tougher. That's probably, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no, probably an earnest take that uh, that uh, that is what's his face has uh, Don Cherry has. Oh, well, I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone tunes into Don Cherry cakes anymore. That was, was no. about the good development of last hockey season was kicking that guy to the curb.
Yeah. And uh, my closing thought is that uh, I am ashamed to say it will not take much for me to be back on the Red Sox train. I, uh, I, I like bringing back Cora. I think they have a core. Chris Sale's coming back mid-year. It, it could be something. It won't take much for me to jump right back. Yeah, I mean, still they, not fully there, but the team was I'm hot meaning. trash this year. But they lost their top three starting four starting pitchers, right? Yeah, like yeah. I mean, come on. So I want to, yeah, I want to see what Haim. I want to see what Haim Bloom can do. I want to see what the what the kid can do. And uh, I, I don't have the faith that you have, Rick. And I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, just bull, bullpen arms, just just as many arms as you can get, like. And uh, the the team would be decent, but well, hopefully in like two or three years, Chaim Bloom could do what he did for uh, for um, for, for Tampa the, for Tampa, yeah. And 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 all of a sudden they have seventeen guys who can throw a hundred miles an hour coming out of the bullpen. So I oh don't know yeah, how yeah, did that, yeah. But do that. Tampa's again. old. Just no one's facing no one's facing anyone a third time, right? Uh, which which only didn't work once apparently. And right. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Bad time for it, but but yeah, the the analytics that Tampa employed of just having as many arms as humanly possible, all throwing two innings, um, got them to the World Series. Didn't quite get them over the hump, but hey, that's what happens when your payroll is less than the Dodgers' outfield. So is Tampa the dump and chase of Major League Baseball? Uh no, they. I mean, it, just I would say that it's it's, it's just more analytic driven. I, I would say more. Um, more of the puck possession team, more like Vegas of, of just uh, Corsi and all, 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 all the fancy math. Um, I, I would say the Rays have taken the Moneyball concept and moved it forward. You know, trying to find the the next inefficiency. Greeley could probably speak better to it than I could, but uh, yeah, I'd say yeah. one th- one thing that's been pretty interesting about about this baseball offseason, it's like the the nerd culture, the analytic culture in baseball is kind of kind kind of finally admitting that the three true outcomes brand of baseball that the that stats are creating is inherently boring. You know, it's like yes, it's the correct thing to do and it is the correct way to win baseball games, but it kind of stinks to watch. Like no one's stealing bases, there's no hit and runs. These like these poor these poor outcome plays are the exciting plays in baseball and they've been stripped. Um so like there's kind of this backlash now like maybe the nerds that were saying they should never ban the shift or like maybe we should ban the shift or deaden the ball like get less like fewer homers are gonna are good for the game um so i think you're i think you're either baseball is gonna die out or or you're gonna see some pretty sweeping significant changes to the rules uh in the next couple of years see nerds nerds gotta stop coming up with stuff uh, the same guys who came up, uh, really, I think you had the story of the guy who came up with the algorithm for, for, for YouTube or something who yeah. regretted it of just, yeah, being, yeah, yeah. He oh like my God, what have what I done? I, yeah. The same thing. In baseball. All these nerds have destroyed what they loved. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is awful. Yeah, no, but I, but I think, I think like deadening the ball, um, I think you're going to see something like that. I think they're going to have to force more balls to go into play rather than just getting launched out of the park because no, and maybe, maybe keep some pitchers and fans alive at the, in the process. Yeah. Well, we'll see, you know, <laughs> that, that, that doesn't happen that often, <laughs> but I think you might see something like that. Ban the shift. Um, I think you'll, I think we'll see a pitch clock in the next five years. Um, sure. and I think we'll see a dead and ball. So I, I, I think people, even the nerds are coming around and being like, yeah, we kind of, we kind of screwed this up. <laughs> I think baseball should implement red cards. Yes. Do something wrong, you play with eight players on the field and see how it goes. Well, that's like, there should definitely be 
a number of timeouts. Like if a guy steps out of the box and he hasn't swung, that's a timeout. The guy visits the, the, like, it's the only game that it's the only sport where they have unlimited timeouts. Oh, yeah. uh, one. No, go ahead. The one I, yeah, that I heard that I really liked is uh, starting extra innings. You can basically put whatever three, four guys up you want. You can redo your lineup. So like, yeah, you know, like, if the, uh, the old, the old European shootout style, the same guy just shoots yeah. over and over again. This isn't reason. like that, that, that drives me nuts. Like the extra innings, like people attacking the length of the games in extra innings. That's not, it's not the length of the games. It's the pace of the games that makes them boring. Yeah. yeah make them exciting. It doesn't matter watch. if you have nine innings. like how often, like what is one in 10 games go to extra innings. That's fine. Yeah. You know, like it is yeah. still free baseball at that point. It's, it's the, slog pace in the middle innings like the sixth through eighth inning of a baseball game are interminable they're impossible to watch yeah and 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 that's it it's like and putting a guy on second base to start like so you're immediately starting in the slowest possible version of the game like that's mm. not that's not great either you know yeah no I'm, i'll go drastic i'll go i think literally was talking removing guys yeah uh, yellow card and red card if you get that's thrown fine. out of the game or you you go in spikes up you're thrown out they got to play without your position um, you know. I like it too. Or what's what's the baseball version of like a fifteen yard personal foul penalty? You just put a guy on third base, maybe. Put a guy on third. You're just yeah. like, yeah, you're, you're on third now. You take it out. Count. You you take it out back. Like if yeah. you've got two outs and you're up, and you're the diff- like you're the pitching team that made there. Yeah. Now the other team has one out. Yeah. Or you, if like a guy gets beaned, he gets to go to third. You know, like hitting a guy, yeah. he gets two two. You know, that's not a bad one. Actually, that's I, I just thought of that right now. I kind of like that. I like that. <laughs> oh my god, the equipment you, you have, guys. <laughs> the guys would just bionic be arms in leading in. Craig <laughs> yeah. Biggio comes out of retirement. Yeah, that's like when they were like, okay, we, we want more, you know, we, we want guys to take more touchbacks, so we'll put the touchback out to the 25 and got you know, now teams just kick it to the two yard line. <laughs> like it just created way more collisions. Yeah, like totally <laughs> unintended consequence. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's a good closing segment, if I say so myself. Yeah, that was off the cuff. How yeah. to fix baseball. Yeah. All right. Well, this is that'll do it for another episode of the Known Fraud Sports Pod. Hopefully, everybody will survive another two weeks of this apocalypse we call 2020. And uh, in doing so, we will see you next week. Oh, two weeks probably. Thanksgiving. I don't know what we're going to see. We'll see you at some point. Until then. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.